Hello everybody and welcome to Roleplay Chat. I'm Matt and I'm a game master who cannot stop talking about roleplaying games. Today's episode is a special episode and you might notice that it's exceptionally long compared to our usual episodes and that's because today is the day, this is the What is Roleplay Anyway panel. So a couple of weeks ago on Friday, August 26th, Nick at the Scry Society hosted me and a panel of five other tabletop RPG voice actors and voice actresses, and we talked about what roleplay meant to us, how we do it, why we do it, and shared some stories and advice on how you can get your table to do it, or you as a player, how you can improve your roleplay. It was a really, really fun time, and throughout the process, we managed to raise nearly $500, I think it was, almost $500 for Network for Abortion Funds, which is a fantastic charity, and I'm really, really happy and proud that we were able to do so. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to quickly thank everybody who was involved. You know, we had so many fantastic folks. Nick did so much work behind the scenes, and it was so much fun working with Nick. So if you guys don't know the Scry Society, I want to encourage you to go find find Nick on Twitter. Go subscribe to his Twitch channel. And yeah, he does all kinds of fantastic charity work there. I also wanted to thank the panelists. We had five fantastic folks that you'll get to hear in today's episode. And if you're not following any of them, I'd highly recommend that you do. Uh, be it on Twitter or on Twitch or on Instagram or whatever you know social media platform you choose to do so. I also wanted to shout out a quick thank you to our sponsors who provided content for the giveaway, kind of like a raffle during the during the charity stream. We had Matt from Gemmed Firefly, or aka Dungeon Glitch, the Jess and Keith, the Underground Oracle publishing folks, you know, the you know the power couple, I like to call them. We also had Nick from the Scry Society donate one of his own adventures. We had the uh, Chaosium folks, the people who do Call of Cthulhu, de- donated some, some things for the raffle giveaway, as well as Die Hard Dice and Shard Tabletop, who provided content also for the raffle giveaway so a big shout out to those folks a big thank you it's it's great to have prizes to give out to incentivize people to donate so thank you and last but certainly not least i wanted to thank everybody who donated thank you for taking the time your friday night watching the stream even you know if you didn't watch the stream thank you for for listening in for tuning in and for donating and last but not least i wanted to quickly spread the word about the National Network of Abortion Fund's 2022 Taco or Bev Challenge. As of August 30th, so it's already going on, you can participate in this challenge to support abortion rights. So keep an eye out for the hashtag TOBC2022. So that's TOBC22. And in the coming days, you'll probably notice it already. It's going to run through all the way to September 18th. And kind of the, the reason for this challenge is to take a picture of you with a taco or a beverage of your choice and then make a donation to an abortion fund of some kind, some charity. It doesn't have to be the National Network of Abortion Funds, of course. So with all the thank yous said and done, and I hope I didn't miss anybody, but if I did, thank you to you as well. Thank you to you, listener. With that said and done, I think I'll, I'll transition into the audio from the stream itself. I didn't edit it, 
normally I go through and I kind of cut out some moments of silence, things like that. But I wanted to keep it true to the episode, to the to the stream, so that everybody who didn't get a chance to listen in can kind of sit back and, and hear it as it were. It's definitely going to be a longer episode this time. Uh, I think it's just, we'll keep it. We'll keep it for the whole two hours and we'll let you enjoy it. So listen in. And if you guys like this format, if, if, if the listeners, you like this format, please let me know. It was a significant amount of work, uh, but I'm happy to do it and I'm happy to try to do it a second time. I, I can't speak for Nick. I haven't talked to Nick about it yet at Scry Society, but um, hopefully if it's a big hit and the people listening really enjoyed it, I'm happy to try and find a way to host another panel either on the same subject or something similar. So like I said, if everybody listening enjoyed this, please don't hesitate to let me know. I I actually really want to know. I'm seeking feedback from you listening. If this is something you enjoyed, please reach out to me. That's contactroleplaychat at gmail.com or let me know on Twitter. That's at role underscore play underscore chat. All right, that's, that's it for me rambling on. Let's go right to the stream. I hope everybody enjoys it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scry Society. Uh, I have to do my ritualistic check to make sure folks in chat can hear me, especially because it's been six months since I've actually streamed. But I do see my little volume button down there popping up, which is a good sign. Um, Hey, Kyle. Hello and welcome. Thank you to everyone um, joining us tonight. I am so excited to have you here. Uh, For those who are familiar with Scry Society, um, things are going to be a little bit different tonight. Instead of the usual um, TTRPG charity uh, role-playing game um, where, you know, we play Dungeons and Dragons or uh, Monster of the Week or Kids on Brooms, whatever it is, we are actually going to be um, running a panel tonight called What is Role Play Anyway? And uh, I am going to be behind the scenes for this, actually, um, doing a little producing while my friend Matt from Role Play Chat, from that lovely trailer you just heard just now, uh, is moderating uh, a guest panel of five incredibly talented and wonderful uh, human beings, role players, voice actors, um, and just great, great people. And um, tonight, the charity that we will be raising fund um, funds for is the National Network of Abortion Funds. Um, you can see up here, we've already raised $80 of our $250 goal. Um, we would love to hit that $250 tonight. If you donate just $5, you get entered into a raffle for a TTRVG prize bundle that's worth over $125. The details will be in chat for what's in that bundle and how you can donate. Um, I don't have too much else to say except that one of the tiers of um, the Tiltify for $25, you can submit a question for Matt to ask the panelists tonight. So um, we're going to we're gonna probably try to avoid just taking questions right out of chat, just out of respect for folks that um, do go ahead and um, enter in um, through that incentive. So um, without further ado... I am going to go ahead and um, bring Matt and the panel on so Matt can introduce himself and the rest of the panel members. So um, you may hear me as the voice of God around the break where we will be doing a giveaway. So please be sure to stick around. All right, folks, let me bring them on. Woo. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you, Nick, for hosting the, you know, this wonderful panel of beautiful people and talented individuals. So here we are. 
what is roleplay anyway? It's been a long time in the making. It's going to be hopefully a lot of insights about what roleplay is, how we do roleplay, how all these wonderful folks put on characters, play characters, get their table of friends to put on characters, do voices, all that great stuff. We're going to talk about it today. Uh, but before we dive into all that, I do want to do a quick message about why we're here today. So today we're here collecting money for the National Network of Abortion Funds. So as we talk about role play, I want to encourage everybody who's listening today, tonight, to uh, take a moment and donate to the National Network of Abortion Funds. The NNAF is a charity that builds power with members to remove financial and logistical barriers to abortion access. They do this by centering people who have abortions and also by organizing all kinds of things at the intersection of racial, economic, and reproductive justice. Uh, increasing access to abortions is something that's very personal to me. Without getting too mushy-mushy, I just wanted to say that this is something that affected my life and people in my life that, that are close to me. And I wouldn't want to try to even imagine a scenario where those people couldn't have access to abortions. So please uh, donate. And enough of me talking, let's hear what this beautiful panel has to say and why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and also a little bit about your uh, roleplay preferences. You know, when you're behind the screen or as a player, how important is roleplay to you? And we'll start with Cassandra. Cassandra, why don't you uh, take us away? Um, hello, I'm Cassandra. I am the storyteller for a small uh, Vampire of the Masquerade stream, The Ruins of Warsaw, on the Lamias, which uh, should be coming back soon. We've had a bit of a summer break. And I'm also the author of my own first TTRPG, Wise Women, um, which is a game inspired by Slavic folklore, uh, which focuses on witches living in a remote village, practicing blood magic, where supernatural stuff is a bit of a no-no to most of the villagers. And roleplay is pretty central to uh, why I play TTRPGs. It's what I want. It's what I... Uh, got into them for and what I want like to get into very very deeply. I like the games that are on the serious side, often on the darker side, uh, and that really let me uh, explore um, some of the more intense emotions through my character. Awesome. That sounds like so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing how you get into that kind of serious tone and, and how you, any advice you might have, but we'll get to that soon. Uh, why don't I arbitrarily go to somebody else? Let's go with uh, Jacob. Jacob, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Jacob Plick, uh, Duval King Jacob on the Twitters and Instas, etc. Uh, I have the he, him pronoun situation. And uh, I'm also the co-founder for, one of the co-founders, I should say, of uh, the Empathiator, our Twitch channel where we... Uh, Celebrate empathy and diversity by telling stories and playing video games and variety ridiculousness. Uh, and I'm also the dungeon master for a little show called Duval and Dragons uh, over on so many games Twitch and a bunch of other games uh, that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, preferences, uh, well, at least experience, I, I should say, um, uh, over the last five or so years, uh, D&D 5e, Pathfinder 2e, um, Vampire, um, all as uh, players uh, and um, let me dip in a little toe into uh, maybe the Pathfinder and VTM worlds um, here pretty soon. Spoiler alert. Um, and uh, a bunch of other systems. Heard it here systems. first. Heard uh, yeah, first. right. Exclusive, yeah. baby. Um, and uh, and uh, what, was the, what was the second half of that? Uh, the, yeah, the just again? how... You know, how is roleplay, how central is roleplay to the way that you run games or play games? Oh my god, it's 
freaking everything. Um, <laughs> I I uh, I actually tend to. I'm so close. I know. I was I was, I, was to, I was about to blow it up really good. No, I'm a good I'm a good boy sometimes. Um, I actually um, I like the 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 depth of both the the funny chaos and the super serious because I feel like it up levels both of those things simultaneously when you have all of that encompassing uh, the story that you're telling, especially in a, a long term uh, long term game. Um, and uh, of course, there's also room for charity one shot explosions of wild magic surges and deck of many things things as well. And there's some storytelling mm-hmm. that you could do and role play you could do as, as part of that as well. Absolutely, absolutely awesome, great! I can't wait to hear what uh, kind of insights you have to share with us, Jacob. Why don't I pass the microphone over to Shelby? Hello, uh, my name is Shelby Hall. I am everywhere on the internet at Shellfire with a Y, not an I. Um, and yeah, I I forgot everything about myself. I'm taking a little bit of, I'm normally a variety streamer and then I do, um, you know, TTRPG streams as well as I am part of the Warlock podcast, which is a um, D&D inspired uh, anime podcast, uh, which is a little bit different because it is loosely scripted um so it's a little bit different because you have to think of role play differently um but my favorite probably my favorite way to role play is on impulse almost um i like things chaotic i like for things to happen um and i like to play broken characters i think it's very fun yeah, yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to get into character creations and what kind of things you guys have to uh, have to advise on because character creation, you know, it kind of starts there, doesn't it? Um, but yes, anyway, let's continue with the panel and introducing everybody here. Why don't we go uh, over to email from Double DM Pod? Why did you say hello? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> hi, I'm Emil. I, uh, you see him pronouns I. I'm a podcaster for Double DM, uh, which is a talk show that discusses weekly. Anything related to TTRPGs, be it roleplay, be it mechanics, be it anything else um, that we can think of. We can spin the topic about anything, really, uh, we found out. Um, also been producing an actual play now for roughly a full year now because I never knew how to do that. So it took a very long time. Um, so what is roleplay for me? Well, it's right in the name of the games we're playing, role-playing game, right? It's right at the center of everything. So everything revolves around it for me. And yeah, I was brought in as uh, the video tape, video game type of kid by a friend. Hey, want to play a video game, but you can make all the dialogue options yourself. And that's how I got sold. And now nine years later, I'm sitting here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Why ever? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't, don't sell yourself short, you know, the, all that stuff is is valuable stuff, and I, I I can definitely get what you're saying, where you can spin a topic and talk about it for ages. Hopefully tonight that'll be the case, and we'll uh, talk about role play for ages. I, I don't doubt that two hours is probably too little time, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, and then certainly last but not least, we have Shannon. Shannon, why don't you say hello? Hello, everybody. My name is Shannon. Um, I am from Paradise Productions. That is my nerd home. Um, I am our community manager as well as beloved redheaded rogue Scarlet on Monday nights. Um, I am sroby25 on all socials. Um, and like 
several of my fabulous panel members have mentioned, I too love to play broken characters. The more tragic the backstory, the better. My goal is to cry on stream. Always. <laughs> Same! But I also, I love to riff with my friends too, like in the funny moments, just kind of like constantly build on it, see how many references we can throw in there and how ridiculous the moment can get. Um, but yeah, I really love to explore darker themes and emotions because I found that that helps me in real life as well. Um, so yeah, I, that, that's my favorite part of role playing, but, uh, I can't wait to talk more about it with all of you lovely people. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody. And really quickly, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Matt, I host a role play chat by weekly podcast discussion where we talk about role playing in tabletop RPGs and every other thing under the sun. But yeah, so that's that's that. Let's get into this panel then, shall we? You guys ready? Let's go. Yeah? All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the first question is going to kind of bounce off of uh, your answers already. So you guys talked a little bit about what role play uh, means to you. But I think we need to talk a little bit about why it's so important. So, you know, this is going to sound like a very simple question. Uh, but why is role play central to the to the games that you play uh, feel free to get as personal or as deep as you want or as surface level as you need to i just want to know why is role play important in the games that you play and i'm going to uh, i'm going to put shannon on the spot to answer us first here yeah you got it um let's see um when i first started playing uh D and ttrpgs i don't know like four years ago now I think that's, I don't remember. Um, but I remember, I love performing. I am a performer through and through. I love theater. I love acting. I love just being on stage. Um, and for whatever reason, I always thought that like having a truly emotional, like really emotional driven performance means that you've like made it, you know, like you did it, you got the scene, you nailed it. But you know, it's it's not just about the emotional stuff too. It's about the you know the funny stuff and and connecting with your fellow table members and 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 cast members. Um, for sure. So yeah. for me, it's it's a way to to scratch that performing itch, but at the same time, it's also a way for me to kind of work through personal things. Um, you know, I I put a lot of like. I make my characters like these really confident, you know, badass, you know, female leads because that's what I want to be in real life. And I, when I first started, I didn't have that confidence. And I found that playing these characters, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I can play these characters. That must mean like I've got the, I've got the capability somewhere. So it really, role play for me was a really good way for self for discovering things about mm -hmm. myself new things about myself that's mm -hmm. really cool i can resonate with that too it's definitely this training ground if you will for for certain situations i mean it's not every day that you find a big dragon but yeah. uh it's but a safe place you can, to do it too. if you can do it in front of a big dragon with your friends you can certainly do it do to it your boss life. in a meeting exactly. or whatever yeah exactly <laughs> awesome uh why don't i why don't i pass the the microphone over to uh to email does that uh, resonate anything with you? And uh, if so, why oh, don't you dig in a little deeper? Yeah, it, it definitely 
<laughs> it definitely does. I, I think Shannon also kind of scratched on what it is for me, really. It's it's scratching that social itch, really, right? I work two jobs, I go to university, and with that, basically, all my time is gone already. And I have two hobbies to balance everything else in that life. <laughs> One of them is uh, martial arts, uh, which I do weekly, and the other thing is TTRPGs. Martial arts is for mostly physical exercise, and TTRPGs are for social exercises, socializing with my friends. And otherwise, I don't really get that that much because working, 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 studying, studying, studying. And then I have maybe two sessions a week or something or wherever I can cram that in. And at some point, I sleep as well. But it's really that's scratching that social itch, connecting with my friends and doing something together. Um, basically, just going like going to a movie theater, but again, being the protagonists of that movie ourselves, which is just that much cooler. Yeah, yeah, you get to you get to be the, the narrator of your own story and live it too, for sure, for sure. Anybody else, does that, does that speak to anybody else or do you have a vastly different uh, perspective on why roleplay is important in your games? Open floor. I, I want to jump in because I, uh, I think when I started, I, I think I was involuntarily looking for a creative outlet um, it was sort of my the missing piece for me because I was doing um, I had a really great job, really great friends, um, went out all the time, had a good time. Things were going really, really well. But like there was nothing really like centering all that for me. Uh, and uh, role play sort of became this. Well, it started out as this like, do you want to like do this thing with a, like a few friends and stuff? Yeah, totally down. Um, and, you know, played pretty much your standard dexterity build fighter dude uh that was essentially just me with a sword um and then it became this like what if i did something that is like completely off the wall and so like my second character was this 260 year old rock gnome uh wizard that was like way smarter than me and um way bigger of an asshole than me that would tied into that smartness um and was a mother I'm never going to be able to experience what motherhood is. But in a way, I kind of do, as in by, as by embodying who this person is. Um, and then you take that and then you springboard that into other things. Um, that kind of also ties back into something that, Shannon, you said about like learning something about yourself. I did not know that I was bi until I realized that a character that I was playing was bi. And then I was like, that's really funny. Ha! Ha! Oh! 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 Whoa! But da 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 da! And so, yeah, yeah. so, so it it unlocks these like like I was like, well, how did I not get that on my own? And then like springboarded into like several memories in the past of like putting those those little puzzle pieces together. And so it it's it's not just like unlocking th that piece of it, but it's also the other half of it is it somehow springsboards the relationships that you build with those friends at the table just springsboards it, it, into the stratosphere like it's like these are my like all these people are my best friends now we only know each other for a year but like i would like do anything for them and it's only because we've been living in this other world that we collaboratively create together i say only because it sounds ridiculous but it's the truth and it's and i would say it's not ridiculous you know it's sometimes these exactly. these these memories of putting on a, the skin of a different character can feel more real than the ones that you're experiencing in the mundanity of life as it yeah. is. So, yeah, it, 
that, that's really interesting. I, I really appreciate you sharing that, Jacob. How about uh, Cassandra? What uh, about you? So Why is role play something you care so much about? Uh, so I agree with a lot that's been said about discovering something about yourself. I think role playing a bi character also played a part in me discovering I was bi. So I can definitely relate to that. Um, and but I think there's also two other things. One is that I always was, since we were talking about how we started, I was always uh, interested in creating stories. I was always making some kind of attempts at creative writing. So when I discovered um, RPGs, like that was great. I figured this, this is another way of doing that. And it's a new way of doing that, that will let me um, also get off more this emotional side, uh, just focusing on the character. Um, and um, in the stories that I like in general, uh, I like them to be about the characters of the story. So the plot that I am really interested in is not we discovered that someone was conspiring and stopped them. It's why we cared to do this, uh, what, how it's changed us, or for better or for worse. Do we regret it? How do we feel with what we did? That to me is the story that I want to find and roleplay in the games we're playing is the way to really getting that across. And coming with that is the fact that when I uh, play and I manage to get really into character and adapt this perspective and adapt these emotions, uh, it can be just very helpful, something that Shannon mentioned briefly, for uh, dealing with some things in life. It can almost be like an emotional catharsis for exploring some difficult things um, that uh, I thought about or I'm afraid of, but in a contained space where I'm comfortable doing that. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how about you, Shelby? Any any different perspectives? Yeah, so I was a theater kid in high school and like that was, you know, my like best friends. We ate lunch in the theater room. We were there every day after school, getting ready for our productions. And, you know, you had this, you had this creative outlet all the time. And um, then I went to college and didn't have, didn't have that same, you know, community or creative outlet. And I found out about like TTRPGs while I was working a really crappy internship that was so boring. I needed something to listen to, so I found the podcast. And I was like, okay, I feel like if I was playing this with my theater group, like it would be the most amazing, like most dramatic like game ever, and it would be amazing. And that will always be one of my biggest regrets in life that we didn't know what the heck TTRPGs were. Um, and so, anyways, I came back to them um, as an adult and it's everything that I resonated the most with was role playing. I mean, I like combat, especially if I'm a spellcaster and I can do stuff other than just like hit somebody. But a lot of times I might find it boring. I might kind of like trail off or something if we're in a really long combat, but role playing, no, I am like, I want the drama. I want to see everything. I want to know who's mad at who. I want to know who likes who. I want to know everything. And I want to start something. Like, you know, uh, it's just, it's dynamic and it's fun. And 
you get to explore all these things that you would never do in real life. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, I just stole from that church. Like, I'm not going to do that in real life. Like, are you kidding me? It's just pure chaotic fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And you know what, Shelby? And actually, everybody hearing what you guys have to say and why it's so pivotal as part of the hobby to you, it, it, it resonates a lot with me. And it also reminds me of something that I should have done at the beginning of the stream. I need to make sure we have this caveat out there so that it's out there and people mm-hmm. listening don't feel bad. Roleplay can be being a character. It can be saying things in third person. It can be active. It can be descriptive. Or you can play role-playing games without it, without any role-play whatsoever. We're not here to tell you that that's the right way to play or the wrong way to play. You play the way you want to play. But what we are here to do today is to dissect the way we like to role-play and hopefully give advice to people who want to or, you know, that that's kind of synergize with what, what we're saying and want to kind of explore that kind of role-play as well. So please keep that in mind. We're not here to tell you that if you don't put a character on or if you don't go into deep emotional spaces, you're doing it wrong. It's just the way that we like to do it. With that, uh, with that said, why don't we transition into some advice? So I think, you know, a lot of folks that I've spoken to, whenever, they, whenever I tell them I play Dungeons & Dragons or any other role-playing game, they often are, it's often met with some curiosity And then when I tell them that it's kind of like the way I play my games is like this mix between improv and a board game, they're always confused. They're like, what do you mean improv? You play characters and they're so shocked and they want to know how they like, oftentimes they want to know how. So I'd like to ask the question to, to, to the panel, if you were trying to get somebody who was maybe a new player or a new game master and they wanted to role play more in their games... What would you say? What kind of strategies have you employed? And please tell us whether it's behind the game master screen or as a player. Uh, and yeah, share some of your insights and strategies to get more role play out of a game. And I'll uh, I'll start us off with uh, Cassandra. All right. So I um, I think my main method of doing this is if I am running the game for new players is something that I think feel more comfortable talking about. Um, or even if I'm playing in a game with new players, uh, basically my way is through showing and inviting in. Um, if I'm the GM, um, that can take uh, speaking as NPCs and asking questions. And then Sometimes a person will reply, I want to tell them this, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, But sometimes, gradually, uh, I notice people start um, also at least forming some replies at characters. Um, And another thing I like to do uh, to help people get more into this mindset is to just ask a lot of questions about their characters. So... Uh, how is your character feeling about this? Uh, what do they think about this thing you just learned? Um, as you're entering this scary-looking place, what's running through your head? What do you expect? Um, and um, I noticed that once I start doing that, players answer, and after a while they just start naturally, of their own accord, adding those bits, 
and considering it more. Um, so I think my that's my main way of encouraging role play, just showing, inviting in. And if I'm a player playing alongside someone, I will just like go for it. And if someone is shy, maybe that will uh, in- encourage them, inspire them. I'm not embarrassed. I'm going all in. Um, so maybe they will feel uh, more invited to do that. And I will strike up a conversation with their character, try to draw them into that. Um, as for just giving advice, I, I think I would struggle with that. I would probably just describe what I do like I just did. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's pretty good advice. I especially liked the uh, asking questions, probing questions to kind of get a sense for what the character is feeling. I think that's a really solid starting point. Uh, Shelby, you're you're nodding oh, yeah. a little bit there. Do you agree? And yeah, um, I agree a lot with what uh, Cassandra said, especially when the first time I started to uh, be the game master for a campaign, it the role play was not what I expected between the characters at first. It was very little to none. And then I was sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to talk so much during this. I can't, I was like, I can't prepare all this. I was like, I expected, you know, this one thing that took like five minutes to take like 30 minutes or something. Um, because I expected everybody to just like know to role play with each other. Like I would expect them to. Um, that's not the reality of it. You know, when you have people that are, you know, people play TTRPGs all different types of ways. So definitely like, I think showing is very important and that's how I got more comfortable role playing too. I think because I had to um, really sort of like set up more interesting scenarios to get them to bite. Something else that I picked up from that was making something that was like important to a character happen like getting a character one-on-one whether it's a dream or like their warlock patron or their god contacts them set something up one-on-one for a character that might be struggling to find some footing or get a little comfortable that way you know they kind of have to and they're in like a safe place where it's just their character and something that's important to them where they feel more comfortable to be able to explore things. You know, it can be like a little bit intimidating when multiple people are role playing and like maybe you want to jump in, but you're like, oh, I don't want to talk over anyone or change the direction. So I think like really those smaller scenes can help make people feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important, actually. You're, yeah, because sometimes people tend to worry. I've had people tell me that they didn't role play in a game because they were afraid that it would make a con- like a con- there yeah. would be consequences that the rest of the party would have to deal with. So if yeah, if you make it one on one, I really like that in a dream with a patron with a god or something. That's super cool advice. Super super cool. Uh, Jacob, you're also like you're really into the like you're like yeah yeah let's make it yep. happen. Why Absolutely, yeah. So uh, and a lot of those examples are, 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 are very very like specific to not specific but like are good like examples just in general but also specifically um, behind the GM screen. Um, but I think like to sort of from a player to player perspective, something that I I find is a strength in my role playing is I'm uh, I'm very much. In sh- shocking, I'm a big, loud extrovert. So the spotlight is, like, where I live. 
But where where things get really, really fun are the yes ending and springboarding the spotlight onto somebody else. So, so something like just asking a question in character can change everything. Why? Like and like you'll if you witness something happening to a character, just asking the question, are you okay? That looked crappy. Like, how do you feel about that? And like it's not a matter of it's you're not asking it as a player. Of course, you're making of course like wrong out of game like are you okay dude um but in character like that gives that person permission to think about the fact like how do i feel about the situation and that really unlocks uh the role play and i i also think another good example from um uh, like an npc perspective is um i have a a good example with uh from lost minds of fandelver which is if you're not familiar is in the dnd 5e starter set and uh, this is actually the first campaign that I ever ran, and it was it was going decent, like, but you know, it's you know, uh, you you get ambushed by goblins, and there's a bunch of humans and a couple elves, and but it's not like it's it starts off pretty ordinary, bandits and all this other stuff, but then they throw a Nothic at you. If you don't know what a Nothic is, it's amazing, and that was really I remember the first time that like I kind of gave myself permission to embody this non-human aberration with spiny you know uh ridiculousness and one like large eye and what, what does it sound like what what voice do i give it i'm gonna give it a really creepy laugh like why not like now dnd watsy didn't tell me any of this i just made the decision and then that and then they were like oh so they were both like blown like taken aback by like the performance as itself but it also gave them permission to react as well. And then to react as ridiculous or not as ridiculous as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love too that you said to make a decision. I think that oftentimes in games, not just role play, but things tend to stagnate when there aren't decisions being made. Picking a side, choosing a reaction, even if you don't know why your character is reacting that way. It's okay, you figure it out later. It just makes for more drama. It makes for more. It makes for better, in my eyes, better role play. Because um, you can, you can always to touch specifically on that last piece. Because I love that. You you have permission to just make a call, right? Yeah. You can always, whether it's away from the table and you write something down or you put it in your little backstory notes or whatever, to provide context for an additional for for that like how you got to the dance, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, how about you, Shannon? I know the characters that you tend to play are very well thought out and, and do all kinds of <laughs> role play. Yeah. Why don't you uh, give us some of your strategies? Yeah, totally. And I actually I really resonate with what NYC Storyteller just said, said in the chat about writing your backstory in first person. Mm-hmm. When I first started playing D&D, I have, I still have, uh, her backstory was all in first person and it was 26 pages long and it's still like it's not done now you don't need to have a 26 page backstory to be a good role player that's just what i like to do i am the type of person that needs the full background who am i where did i come from how did i get to this point what happened in my past um and i love like i said tragic backstories the more tragic the better and i just i love that whole thing but getting into that I'm slightly different perspective because I feel like I'm hashtag forever player here. I don't DM. 
I DM for for charity streams, and that's it. <laughs> hey, that's, um, honestly, your perspectives as a player, yeah, I think, are I, the more important ones here. I me, absolutely. <laughs> I'm more of a, a a reactive role player. So, like, if something happens in the moment, I like to think about how my character would react to that. Um, either an action that happened, or something that another player said, or an NPC said. I like to react to um, in the moment. Um, and I like what you said, Duval, about being an extrovert. I consider myself an extroverted introvert. So, like, I can go all out and then I need to go sit on the couch for, like, six hours to, <laughs> to like, recharge and get all that out. Like, I can role play my butt off and then I need to go just chill <laughs> for to, to get that back. Um, but as a as a teacher and as somebody who does, who learns best by doing and by being like really in the moment, really multi-sensory. Um, I actually learned both of these te uh, tactics that I'll talk about from my, my lovely DM, Sean, who I believe is in chat. Hi, Sean. I'll see you soon for other stream. Yay. Um, we, uh, doing voices really, really helps me get into character as well as physical acting. So like Scarlet talks, really softly and she's got a little bit of a you know a quiet accent and she kind of like leans closer to the microphone and does all that whereas my uh my monk katia when scarlet was on a little bit of a break was very very loud and over the top and just constantly was moving around and, and judging everybody else and it's just the 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 physical acting and the voice really helps me separate um who i am in that moment um but if that's not your thing, like, if you're not into that, like, it's totally cool. Like, that's just how I like to play. And I, you know, I've met people who like to play that too. But I've also met people who like to describe their movements and actions with so much detail, you know, like as much detail as possible, like using your five senses, you know, like I take a cup off the shelf, it's heavy, mm -hmm. it's weathered, it has lots of dents in it, it smells like ale, but I wouldn't drink from any other cup for XYZ reason, you know, just kind of using your word like that. Exactly. Just like that cup. Um, you're just using words in a different way to bring your character to life. So there's, you know, like you said before, yeah, there's no right no way to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Some of the things you guys have been saying are making me think of other questions that I want to ask. But before I do that, Emil, I didn't ask you yet. So what would be your number one piece of advice for role-playing? Well, uh, well, getting well, getting a new player into TTRPGs or playing their first session with them is a whole freaking ritual for me. It's very long. Coming uh, Session zero, safety tools, expectation management, and all that stuff before we even get to play. Um, then it comes to character creation. And I tell them uh, kind of the same thing that, as Duval already said before, play yourself with a freaking sword in your hand. Play yourself because that is the character you're most comfortable with playing. Because getting into a role that you've never portrayed before, when it's the f your first time improv playing and portraying a character, is going to be hard. It's going to make you insecure. You you think about, think about way too much. But if you just say... Hey, myself with a bow in my hand, that's all I need, and it works. I've seen it work for so many of my players, at least, that they've just taken their personality, inserted it onto a character, and roleplay seemed like second nature to them. Because, obviously, they didn't have to roleplay that much. But they learned through that that they can then develop their character, mm -hmm. obviously, and play. 
now they get a new trait or something or a new ability that they can then role play completely differently than they would in real life do and that's really it i think it all comes down to getting them comfortable for me yeah. right for example if i'm a player in and someone else next to me is a new player i make sure that basically all i do is just focused on this player to get them comfortable and get them to to learn get them to role play because i already know all the stuff i can have fun with any other ttrpg session this session is for them and not for me so it's all about them and giving them the spotlight making sure that they are comfortable and that they have fun cool yeah i i and i, I love that i love that you talked about safety tools i think everybody all vigorously agreed with you when you talked about that session zero is a great place to start when you have to talk about role play and the things you're going to role play about for sure um, before I move on to the next question, I wanted to celebrate kind of a milestone here where we've already raised, I haven't been looking at the money, but thanks to Nick behind the scenes, we're at $175 raised so far. So thank you, chat. Thank you, everybody listening. Woo! This is great. We're almost there. We've almost Amazing. made it to our gold already. Yeah. Shit, clap, clap, clap. Um, and actually, one of these, uh, we got a question in from the audience. So we have a question here from Ali from nc new york city i don't know ali from nc anyway it kind of it kind of goes into this question about your strategies for role playing where uh, ali says how do you keep role play from getting stale are there things that you do to kind of spice it up and they give an example they say uh not falling back to the same tropes or inside jokes kind of session after session so what do you do and I'll leave it kind of open mic, whoever wants to answer. Can I, can I jump on that one? That <laughs> one, I, oh my yeah. God. I've been playing Scarlet for nearly three years now. And there are definitely times when I feel the burnout. And the first thing I do is go to Sean and be like, help. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what to do. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again. So, and and he and I have had such amazing conversations about her story and he really helps me you know get back into her mindset and 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 dive into her emotions so that would be my first piece of advice is to go talk to your dm or or somebody at your table um and and help get fresh eyes on the situation because it having played a character for almost three years like there are definitely times when it gets like you know i love her to pieces but it's just like i feel like i'm doing the same thing and i, I want to do something different but at the same time i don't want to lose who she is mm -hmm. so yeah i like to talk to to sean and to you know to other people to to get some some new perspectives yeah and and talking to your game master is always a good idea right because they can often they can often challenge your perception of of what you think you would do they'll put you in a situation where it's like oh wait i thought i had an ironclad rule about this now i don't anymore why is that and yeah it really adds all this flavor for sure i love that i love that answer any others have uh, thoughts about that yeah i want to kind of ex ex okay i want to I kind of expound on that a little bit sure cool um because i think it's 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 it because I think there's a kind of a natural like correlation that like you or, or a natural sort of reaction that happens I think in our space here that like you for, almost forget that like the the they're not that DM the adversarial DM stuff but it's like you're allowed to communicate between games you you know um, but I also like allow yourself a moment to to think about where that character is 
and what they're thinking about and then allow that to to kind of think about where you're going next also if you have the opportunity i feel like being in actual place has spoiled me record your sessions because I literally had a situation this past week where I was listening back to a, a particular scene that I was having with an NPC, and I was like, this is way, way more awesome than I thought it was in the moment. Because I was just like, you know, this, this back and forth, um, an important one, but uh, a back and forth, and I was just like, oh, man, like that really, like, the things that I said and the things that I was listening to really sort of there's a dynamic shit that just happened that I didn't realize in the moment because I'm focused on, you know, performing and staying in the proverbial, like, character lane that I was in uh, versus listening as an outside view, for for, uh, for example. Um, so, so that's another piece of it that I think is, has been really, really helpful for me um, for, for that. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with what you both said. Talking to your GM uh, is definitely a part of it. I think it is something that GM is also very important for, uh, for creating opportunities for character to grow and change. Um, and I've been thinking about this question because I, I figured I never actually experienced that. And I was trying to figure why I didn't feel my character is good stale. And I think that's because I talk to my GMs, for, especially for this long campaign, that, oh, I think if this happens, my character might change like this. And I think if this happens, uh, they might do something different. Um, and I always have this somewhere. I, I like very getting very deep into character and get caught up in a moment. But I generally always have somewhere, might not be in the moment, might be a bit later, this outside view of, okay, uh, my character was like this. That doesn't mean they will be like this for the whole campaign. Uh, how did they respond to this revelation that just happened? How that impacts them? And it can be something very subtle, like they just get a little bit more anxious now, but that can later grow into more profound change. So I think this is this very small changes that then accumulate changes in attitude, in personality, in relationships between the characters uh, that create this dynamism of a story that keeps character from just staying as they were conceived at the start. Yeah, I really like that. And actually, it reminds me a little bit about Shannon when you were talking about backstory and how, you know, you give yourself a lot of backstory. It's funny you say that because I like to do kind of the opposite. I like to have very broad strokes about who my character's what their character, what their past is. But as we play the game, I then revisit it and say, Oh, it'd be really cool if, you know, I was somehow related to this person or if I had a, a vendetta against that person or this region. I mean, kind of like a fill in point. the blank kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of cool. like a fill yeah, in the blank. Cool. So it gives me this flexibility that I make a reaction to something and then I'm like, okay, how do I, how, can I, make how do I piece this puzzle <laughs> yeah, back together? That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome, but that's such a polar opposite of me. I need to have... I know, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I need, need to know. have the very firm base because then I know what my character is growing from. And if I yeah. don't have this firm base, I can't see the change as a process. I get lost. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah no, I just, it, it's just curious how opposite these views are. And yet we agree on many things uh, in the middle. Yeah, so the, for sure. Um, and actually, maybe I'll transition onto another question, and it'll be about character creation. So, you know, I'm a really firm believer that, and, and you guys can refute this in your in your response, but I'm a firm believer that 
great characters make for great roleplay. You know, you it's kind of like this foundation for your roleplay. What would you advise people? And I mean, I guess two-parter here. Do you agree with that? And if you do, what would you advise people do during their character creation to enable roleplay to have the impact you want it to have at your table? And Shelby, I'll throw this yeah, to you. Yeah, so um, character creation, I think that it should almost never be done alone. Um, if you were... It, especially if you're going to be playing like a prolonged game of any sort and you want to have connections you know anyone can pick can play like the lone wolf but that character is always going to be the boring one first and that's just how it is um i think that every character should have at least one relationship to a party member and then i would take it a step further to say um to like reach out to other party members and say like you know what are like the your your character's hobbies or like what are your character's favorite things and see if your characters might can like match up and find something to bond over in game like if they're at the campfire and one of them has an instrument like oh cool i play this too and then like you know you have a connection setting yourself up to make connections in the game is going to make it a much more enjoyable experience and make it feel like your characters are actually like each other and are connected. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Anybody listening who has never played Fiasco, it's a short GM-less tabletop RPG, play Fiasco. It's going to help you make better characters because it, what you just explained, Shelby, is basically the foundation of character creation in that game. Have relationships with like a positive and a negative, quote unquote, relationship with every single yeah. person in your party. And then you're it's just ripening yeah. it up for sure. For sure. How about you, Emil? Do you or, or Shelby? What, I would say like say? I'm not go, a go big like, yeah, I have backstories, but I'm not a big backstory person. I'm more focused typically on connections and goals. Um, and then connections, goals, and like, just, I guess, key personality traits. And then everything else, I just really, I love improv. Everything else, I just really like to get into it as we go. Um, so I think that's why I'm just ranking that connection so high. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just gonna yeah, take go it for over. it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah, especially in character creation, right? The first thing most games tell you to do is get a concept. But many of these games kind of say, a concept is this, a concept is this, or, or that and that. But oftentimes, really, anything can be a concept that you want. Get yourself anything, be it... Um, Anything, but if you but you need that type of concept. Sometimes that concept starts with you picking a class in D and D, or saying I want to be the healer of the party, or whatever. Sometimes that can be the first starting point for a concept. But obviously, you need to develop that further out to actually create a great character to create great roleplay. As I agree with that statement, obviously. Um, no, but it's really about that concept. Getting something that you can cling on and basically create your whole character around gives you that kind of conciseness in the character because if you just go through the normal character creation process from step one to step whatever, 25, you have a character sheet, but not a character on top of that. And while those two things definitely play together, 
they are not the same. And having a concept that basically informs the character sheet or gets informed by the character sheet will help you to actually create roleplay for that character. Mm -hmm. You know, that you bring up a really good point. A lot of what we've been saying up until this point has been that it's driven by us. But yeah, if you've got like a minus seven on your int score, that that can kind of shape your personality of your character too, right? Sometimes the beauty of the dice, the luck of the die can uh, mold your character a little bit. Do any of the other panelists have thoughts about character creation? And, sure and do. Yeah. Um, so, Shelby, something you said really resonated with me. I have a really hard time getting started with character creation. Really, really hard time. So I have to talk to somebody um, to start character creating. Um, I, I can't just sit down and do make a character by myself. I need another human to do with me because I like I even with role play, like I react to to things in the moment. So when I'm having a conversation about character creation, they'll say something. And I'll be like, oh, but what about this? And then the, it just it just keeps on keeps on rolling. Um, when I was making Scarlet, I remember starting with her class. I knew I wanted to be a rogue. And I knew I wanted to play the typical, like, broody, edgy, like, lone wolf kind of rogue. But, you know, like we had said, it's really important to have uh, reason to be with the party. Um, so that was something I was thinking about, too. Um, but I remember starting with the class, and I remember thinking, like, I want to be a rogue, but rogues I know are supposed to be sneaky and stealthy, but what if she had bright red hair? You know, and that she has to, like conceal because that's going to stand out a lot so I like taking the tropes and kind of like spinning them on their head a little bit and trying to make it make it a little different so I like taking those kinds of things and and incorporating it into role play and it's led to some really awesome like character moments in in the in the story and it's become an essential part of who she is so I I liked that too. Yeah. That was a, that was a great, I love a that. great one. Like my current character is a negative seven charisma, but she's super, super <laughs> hot, <laughs> and she's not awkward. She's just so mean. Yeah. She is so mean, yeah. <laughs> and she Incredible. has she has it. resting biatch face, and she's so mean. Yes, <laughs> and I'm like, this is why she has a negative seven charisma. It's fun because yeah, I, she basically just has no filter, and it's so much fun. Yeah, and I love I love yeah, the different awesome. interpretations you can do of the stats. Like it's limitless, so I love these, Ex love these games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I want to add a little bit about sort of the beginnings a little bit. So, so, so Shannon, you mentioned um, kind of I, I wanted to play a rogue, right? And I, I sort of go the opposite, where it's like who like I think I started that way, where I was like I I've played fighter for two years, so let me go wizard, and then like allowed that to sort of shape the dynamic. I think what it comes down to is fine fine that one little bullet point that will that you can unravel around everything else but another thing to think about too is that these are even though they were born yesterday in our minds these are people right that are 18 to 24 years old if we're jrpg people or in the case that i mentioned earlier 260. so they've lived in entire like three lives before we even like got to know who they are right um I think sometimes we almost forget about like the, like what's childhood like just write like a paragraph like what's childhood who 
who, what, what, how, and how important was that, right? And then, of course, that comes into like you have no parents and they're dead, and the the, the village is on fire. Um, but you could do that, and that's totally okay because sometimes that, those tropes are fun. So give you, so to do that. But also, like the other half of it is, you know, because hopefully, if you had a session zero, because you definitely should, you know where things start. I know that I'm in Waterdeep. I know that I'm in Faerun in this area. I, I know the dynamics around that. So then I know I got childhood here, and I have where I'm at here. What's what's the middle? And, and then paint the picture there. And then on top of that, I have notes. So that's why I'm looking at away. Um, and, and that I think the other thing is, like, because of that, what do the people around you think about you? It doesn't have to be true. Rumors are fun. Oh, he burned down his his parents' house. There's a lot that you can do with that. True or not? That's Some of the best really role fun. play we've had at my table is when two players talk about another player. Yes. Like two characters yes. talk to each other so about much another fun. character. That's always fun. Super fun. <laughs> oh, it's, it's gold. It's a gold mine. If you've never done that, do it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Cassandra? I've been seeing you kind of chomping at the bit here to say something. Yeah, uh, well, it's fine. Uh, I, I went first few times already, I think, so I'm happy to go last this time. I have a few things to add, just building on from what Duval just said about you know where you are, you know that you start in a certain place. I really like to know the setup for the game. I like to get a proper pitch. And we can, you know, discuss it, um, adapt it, but I want it to be established before we get to the characters. And I ideally like to get like few days to think about it at least in the meantime, um, to build on it. Like this is the situation, this is the premise of the campaign. Uh, oh, who could fit into that? And I generally start, I think with a vibe. It can be something like, I feel like pretty, playing someone angry at the world, or I, feel like playing someone very cold and detached and from there see what options there are in the premise and get this sort of general concept and then I go very deep and I like to understand my character very well as a person. Uh, but I think it might sound like to do that you need to write a very long backstory and I like very long backstories, they're great. Uh, but I think there is also no need. I also have seen pretty deep characters done in like half a page, written few sentences. I think this is about having the core of what they're about as people. What are the main things driving them? What are their inner conflicts? What do they dislike in themselves? What do they lie to themselves about? These are the sort of questions I like to ask myself because I think I like to build layers because I feel like we as people, we're not just we're like that. We like that, but we like to think we're something different, or we want to be something different, or we're a bit in denial, or we try not to think about something. And I like to bring that into the character. What are all these things for them? And I love that, yeah. Cassandra. I really do. Especially this, this idea of uh, what's something about my character that's broken? Yeah. Because even if you yeah. don't fully understand where that came from yet, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up. You can bet it's going to come up and it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I have one tiny, tiny point to add. All right, I'll, let you, going I'll to let you finish that First off. disagree and then agree with Shelby, which is that I actually quite like parties that don't know each other at the start. I like this clash of personalities. And 
uh, people who might not quite trust each other, but for some reason found themselves in some some in some situation where they have to stick together. Of course, that requires some work on the part of GM to set this up to actually work. But where I'm going to agree, what I like to is for players to share each other's character with each other. So that we can say like, oh, when my character finds out this about your character, this is going to be nice drama. And we can sort of anticipate it and build towards it. Uh, so that's something that I like doing. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. And we're going to go straight in to the question that was donated in by Star Shinobi. Ooh, this is Star a Shinobi. GM... Yeah, Star Shinobi. So we're going to give Star the best advice we can. Uh, so she's asking some GM advice. How do you go about injecting more roleplay into scenes that are driven by more mechanic elements mm. of the game? So things like combat or puzzles. I find this especially true in like puzzles and riddles where people tend to... And sorry, now this is me talking, not Star Shinobi. But people tend to like abstract themselves out of their mm -hmm. character to solve a puzzle. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll open the floor and we'll go, uh, we'll go to email first. Okay. So uh, especially for the puzzles, I actually had an episode on that where I brought the same advice, but I'm just going to give it here again. The best puzzles I've ever ran were pure roleplay puzzles. Curse all four of your players with some kind of curse. Tell them you can only speak in the third person anymore. And the others need to figure out your curse. And watch your players play for an hour long. Their character playing some kind of new trait to their character that the others have to guess. And these traits can be very obvious as in speaks in the third person. But also you can only speak as the third person. Um, when someone's talking so person one talks person two talks and then it's your turn to even be able to sorry talk. email someone um, talks over you not to interrupt oh. you but really quickly uh yeah. this we had we had the wrong name associated <laughs> to this question this was actually mad ah. rad mad rad star child mm -hmm. so they asked this question and i'm sorry uh sorry about that oh back over to you email no problem but yeah right you can basically just think about some kind of role play constraint you could say to your players Give them that, and that's been the best puzzle I've ever ran for my players. No matter what these Lord of the Ring riddles you can you can throw at your players, these roleplay puzzles where they have to figure each other out are incredibly, incredibly great. It's 1am, okay? Incredibly <laughs> great to actually get them to roleplay, first of all, and second of all to... Um, just interact with each other. With each other. My God. <laughs> no, for example, one of my players isn't really that prone to roleplay. But then I told him, your character is now a detective and needs to figure the mystery out in this room. There wasn't even a mystery attached to anything, but he instantly switched that role. Well, maybe it was you. Maybe it was you. Um, what do you have in your pockets? And that's perfect. It was one of, were one of the two hours that one of the two of the best hours I've ever awesome. played, basically. That's cool. That's cool. Um, any other advice? Let's go to uh, let's go to Jacob. Why don't you? Yeah. Um, I and I, I also wonder, Shelby, if this might help you with 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 your your um combat experience. I talk all the time during combat, all the time, um, whether I'm behind the screen or not, um, especially in a, a very like heavy like. Uh, uh, heavy combat situation um, there's a lot of things happening right 
let's say let's look at it from like a, a militaristic aspect right i can't deliver a strategy to my troops if i don't talk to them right so uh and plus who doesn't love a good taunting oh just <laughs> now the case of like dnd 5e right like you've got like six seconds right think about that though that's a long time when it comes to talking Right, that's a that's almost a whole. You can probably spit out if, if you're a fast talker like me, or you have a character that's a fast talker. That's a that's a paragraph, of of <laughs> and and also like especially when that's like let's say you're right. I'm Six seconds. yeah, I'm ridiculous like that. But <laughs> but also like think about it like objectively like there's when you're you know just ting 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 swords and stuff really like for five minutes like no one's talking shit, no one's saying anything. That's a little weird to me. So that's why I typically like to, to drop stuff in um, and, uh, from that perspective and, and, and talk. So that's my advice. Yeah. I like that. I like that, Jacob. Especially, it's not too much work, actually, as a player for somebody to like write down a couple of little like battle catchphrases or like when you cast your spells, what you're going to say to sure, harness yeah. the mana power of your spell, you know? There's yeah. nothing better than a, a counter spell and what what do you say when you counter, <laughs> counter spell? Counter spells the best. Yeah, God. I think about it like a like a movie. Like I think about particularly combat. Like if I was watching this as a movie, what would be interesting to me uh, to watch? And I try and think of the coolest way that I can throw a dagger or the coolest way that I can cast a spell. And that goes back to the the five senses thing that I was talking about earlier just trying to put as much detail into it as possible because as you said ting 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 swords and stuff it can get it can get boring you know and and so I like to think about it like if I were sitting and watching this what would be interesting and sometimes some days it happens it works and other days I'm just like I I throw the thing (laughs) and both are okay yeah, you can't always be expected to, and nobody can always be expected to constantly have something clever to say. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, I can. What about you, Xadra? Do you, how do you add some spice and roleplay into the more mechanical parts of the um, game? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about combat because I don't do puzzles. That's my way of dealing with them. I was never very fond of them in games as a player. Uh, but there was some advice on that already. Uh, but with combat, I absolutely agree on speaking in combat. That's great. I try to encourage it. I usually uh, run games where if you're fighting somebody, it's probably also another intelligent sentient being. And they will talk stuff at you. So then the players get to respond to this, react to it in some way. Uh, so that's one of the... Um, ways I like to do this. And another, in some circumstances, not too much, is to actually pause for a bit. And if the character, um, I don't know, took a very hard hit or so someone they care about take a very hard hit, even like give them some space to talk about it, what flashes through their head, uh, encourage it, ask about it. And then from that lead, how that informs their next action. Um, And I think also from the GM perspective, it's also creating the combat that kind of pushes the character's buttons a bit. So maybe they they have a stake there, they really care about it, or they really hope to avoid it. 
but now it's happening. Or it involves fighting somebody they don't really want to fight. Um, or they have to... I've done that to my vampire players. They have to kill some people they don't really want to kill. So how do they act in, uh, in this situation, in this combat, and how other players... Because I, I, when I did this, one of the players decided to do nothing and just stood there. And then other players started responding to this in character. Uh, so creating the situations that really push at those uh, emotions of characters, I think, uh, can be done with even the more mechanical aspects of the game. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And Shelby, do you have any other uh, tidbits to add here? I don't know if I have anything really to add that hasn't already been said you know combat's already the mechanical stuff's already not my favorite so i should be taking some notes <laughs> yeah there's always opportunities to learn right yeah well awesome i th I, I think everybody's answers were fantastic um so let's move on to another question and actually this is another question that was donated in this was donated in by nodbard and Nodbard brought us $25 from our goal. We are now at $225. So thank you for that. Uh, the question that Nodbard asks is, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but uh, it, it tends, it, the, 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 the sense of this question is that role play uh, tends to kind of, the more dramatic role play is kind of what we tend to focus on. You know, these, these deep dramatic moments, characters that are, maybe uh, living some pretty shocking things uh, but they talk about uh, Nodbard talks about how there's also funnier role play and and does that how does that fit into your campaign and does it change your approach to role play and uh, Shelby because you were sure. last to answer last time I'll let you I'll let you ask yeah I'm funny I love I love making jokes and playing around and like finding scenes and like having small stuff going up in the background, especially if like you're a magic user, or in my case, I have I play a wizard, I have a familiar, you know, like just getting up to shenanigans is uh, very fun. It's always nice when the shenanigans helps move the story forward, but sometimes like, you know, you just need a break and like, if you think about it and you know, I think of it as like the way that people bond is through shared trauma and then good times. So it's like you gotta have some of both. Um, obviously, unless you're playing like you know a no good times campaign because there's always you know dif different stories. But um, yeah, I think that I don't know. I think that that is one of the aspects that I love the most is like you know chaotic fun times. I want to laugh. Usually when I'm done playing D and D, like my cheeks hurt from smiling. And that's always, like, when I've had probably, like, my favorite sessions. Yeah. And you know what, Shelby? I'm, I'm going to add a little bit to that, and then I'm going to pass it to Cassandra. And I want her to say the opposite, because I have a feeling she's going to. It's <laughs> valid, though. But I 100% want, like, I want comedy in my games all the time. I think there's always room for comedy in a game because you, it helps me appreciate the dramatic moments. You know, the contrast yeah. makes it fun. Obviously, you want you don't you don't want those two moments to be like overshadowing one another. But uh, yeah, I think comedy has to exist in my games and I want like I create pressure release valves during the game where I let my players, like, shoot it. Like, they just, like, 
Have at it. You're at the tavern, and the guy comes with a plate full of sausages and trips, and f there's sausages flying all across the room. Go. Like, let it all out, because the dramatic yep. moment's right, coming later. Right, so, uh, but, uh, I, I Cassandra, see I have a bit of a tell me, tell me your perspective. Not a deserved of a dark, humorless person. Uh, but that's, that's actually not true. I mean, I, I think we <laughs> talked about it on Twitter at some point, and I do like... No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I not like saying you don't play games you're a on the serious person, side, yeah. definitely. <laughs> and I, I think it's like if we decide the game is going to be serious, I like it to mostly stay serious. But that doesn't mean there isn't humor to me. I think this is the difference between humor and chaos. I don't like when it goes into chaos and silly, but I like when it goes into funny. And the way I like to go about it is the kind of jokes and humor the characters would make. So in this way, it doesn't change my approach to role-playing. I want it to stem from characters' personalities, their experiences, the way they engage with the world. But a lot of people make jokes in various circumstances uh, as a uh, form of release, as a defense mechanism, just to have a laugh. So uh, when I run games, uh, I will have NPCs come in and start making fun of something that happened or start poking fun in one of the PCs and they can respond in kind or not, depending on whatever the player chooses. Uh, and I introduce that scenes. Um, and when I play as well, my characters will make a joke. Uh, what sort of humor it will be very much depends on what kind of a character that is. It, it can be, in given the sense, pretty, uh, dark humor. Uh, some cynicism sitting in there, but still it being a humorous exchange. Um, so I like having that and I like the situations that are very humorous and turn kind of tragic at some point. Like is this kind of dark humor? Uh, like something funny is happening, uh, but it is happening like in the context of a lot of trauma. Uh, so I like humor to uh, fit into other mm -hmm. themes of the story and be this counterpoint that helps uh, to underline them uh, and create the tone, but also keep the things more grounded through characters actually having more humorous moments and exchanges. Yeah, I, I, I like that. <laughs> I, and it very well said. Maybe I, maybe I gave you too much of a bad rep there with the... <laughs> but yeah, I, absolutely. I, I agree Yay! with you. And uh, before we keep going, we hit our goal, guys. That's Yay! $250. Yeah, we, we did, did it. it. Woo! Well done, everybody. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep talking role play. Three hundo. Let's but go. Let's keep going. Yeah, but thank you, chat. Uh, thank you, everybody who donated. I really appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was going to go on to another question, but do any others who didn't get a chance to talk yet have uh, have any other advice about comedy roleplay? Going once. Well, I have All one. Right, go for it. One of the benefits of being on a talk show where you invite other people over is you get to borrow their advice later on. And I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> um, because I talked roughly a year ago to Sergio from Mayday Roleplay, um, and he runs... Eldritch Horror campaigns. He runs Delta Green for his players, and that's a lot of dark horror. 
there's a lot of dark stuff happening. And he has said the same thing kind of as you said, Matt, but uh, also in a that also goes into a different direction. You need this release wealth. Sometimes you need these lows to appreciate the highs of horror and tension. But at the same time, he said that there's obviously a disconnect. You, you're not your character. Sure, uh, you, you put yourself very much into the character and the scenario is still scary to you. But a lot of the times you do not get hurt when your character loses their arm or when they lose their mind. You are not that person. And that same goes for, for comedy for me, right? I come to a table to have fun. That's the first, that's my first goal. And that's always what I want to go out of. I always want to come out, out of a session smiling. And there's this disconnect. While in the game, my characters aren't necessarily laughing. I at the table can be laughing. I, I, at the table, one can make a joke, and in the game, the, the situation can still be scary and still be dramatic, and then we calm down and then get back into the situation. We can be in a dragon fight and someone makes a funny joke outside, and then we get into the next round and the dragon is still attacking and still scary and still dramatic and tension and all of that type of stuff. So there's this disconnect, and at the end, the goal is to make the session fun for the players and the DM and not for the characters. So as long as it's fun for the players, they can make jokes outside of the game where the game still stays dramatic and tense. Yeah, I could. I, I, I agree with that. And I will say a caveat is that if that detracts for some people, then that's something that people have to kind of sort out as a table. But I, but, but that's mm, like my table, 100%. We're in a yeah, super dramatic yeah. moment. Definitely a session zero yeah, discussion. Yeah. You need to have that in session zero. Talk about that. How much comedy do we want outside the table, inside the game, and all of that type of stuff needs to be discussed. And if you discuss it, you will find common ground for your group, and then it works out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, I'm going to transition into a slightly different question now, and it's going to be about putting on characters, voices, actions... Uh, whatever you name it when you you know embody your character so I'd like to hear from the people who do that what kind of recommendations do you have for somebody who's maybe shy about it or perhaps they you know they're struggling to diversify their characters in a respectful way because this is something that you have to make sure you're you know you're being respectful when you're doing it so and, and not always going for the same voice and it's fine if you are and anyway i'm rambling uh shannon you look like you have a lot to say oh, yeah. so i'm gonna give it to you <laughs> i when i came to ttrpgs i knew that that's what i wanted to do but i had so much insecurity about doing it so i what did i what i don't even remember honestly how i just did it i think i just i i, I started playing with a group of friends um and that, you know, they encouraged me to, you know, try it out. It was a safe space to do it. And then I slowly started, I got into that voice and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it. Let's try a different one. And then I remember, um, talking, doing during character creation, cause voices are a big part of character creation for me. I remember prepping a character for a, uh, a podcast, um, almost three years ago now wow and I wanted to try a completely different accent one that I'd never done before um so I turned to the YouTubes and I found some videos on um so I, I listened to people like actors and like characters that had that accent but I also looked at videos on how to do 
that accent. I love language and I love, you know, the different, the, the nuances between the different accents and like how the vowels are said and how some consonants you use or you add more in. So I really found it interesting to watch those YouTube videos on how those accents are done. Um, so I use that as a, as a way to do it. And that's kind of my process now. If I want to try a new accent, I'm going to go listen to it. Um, cause I'm, I'm a, I really like to listen to things and just listen to it over and over and over and over and over again until it sticks. Mm. And then I also will find like a, like a phrase or something that will get me into that accent that'll like springboard. Yeah, exactly. Like anchor exactly. Cause I of, need that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the voices are a huge part of characters for me and it's, it's, it just helps me stay in the mindset, like having somebody who sounds different than I do helps me stay in character. Yeah, I, I can resonate with that a lot. It, it It's no longer Matt. Exactly. It's somebody else when I'm exactly. speaking in a different way. Uh, what about you, Jacob? You you look like you were nodding pretty uh, oh, yeah. vigorously. No, I love voices, and I, I didn't used to. Um, so I, I – but I also think it was, it was – there was sort of a piece of it that was very – imposter syndrome and was just like well i'm not good at them so that's why i don't like them the the truth really i feel like in my experience is that like no one's going to come after you for your really crappy irish accent that's the truth now someone might feel a certain way about it but guess what that their opinion doesn't doesn't matter because this is your world this is your character and your really bad accent is a perfect duvoyan accent actually um and that's it that's it. Give yourself permission to, 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 to have a good time. Only thing I will say, my, my, my official piece of advice of it is um, don't do it on a plane with headphones in. Like, maybe don't do a very loud dwarven roguish accent 30 minutes before plane touches down. Um, and then because uh, uh, you're prepping a D&D <laughs> session that you're supposed to do in two hours after you get home. And then, <laughs> uh, sir... Please don't do that. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I resonate. Uh, well, oh, Shannon, what you said resonates with me, but I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a victim of, of uh, mm -hmm. not uh, being completely immune to embarrassment. And like, I just like, I just love to go for it. Um, and it kind of ties into all, all the other stuff that we we're talking about, about just like, just going for it changes the entire dynamic of the situation around you um so yeah so have a good time with it i love that about you you awesome. inspire me to just go for it yeah Yay, yeah <laughs> yeah go team play a character on a plane just make it happen right just, <laughs> just and to be clear i have absolutely no regrets about that at all um at all it's a great story um and a majority of my time like i have a new character that's starting next week and literally le legitimately an hour yesterday of just talking and walking and talking around and, and feeling where that voice was coming from because um, remember like when we were kids and like being like, and like talking out loud to yourself was supposed to be like terror bad. It's one, we know it's not because we know about neurodivergency now. Uh, thank, thank God. Um, and so just, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, uh, being a parent, reading children's books mm -hmm. is the greatest time to too. practice yes. voices. Amazing. It's great. It is. It is great. Um, how about uh, how about you, Emil? Do you do voices in your games? And if you do, 
what kind of advice would you give people? <laughs> I think best advice I could give has already been said by the two people previous uh, that came before me. But really, I'm also here to say that obviously you don't have to do it, right? English is not my first language. It's actually my fourth language I've learned. Don't worry, I do not speak any word in French or Italian anymore. Not a single word. But when I started GMing for our actual play that we are producing, I knew that I'm not going to do accents because it's not even my mother tongue. I do not, I'm not able to do any accents in, a, in an English language anyway. I can do them in German, but no way I'm doing that for the actual play, right? And yeah, that's why, right? You don't really do not have to do accents. Voices are way easier because they're very, everyone can do them in some way, but even small things can be, it doesn't even have to be the tone of your voice or the cadence or whatever. You can also just look at the words you're using. Look, look at what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Your character can use very much different words than you do. And if you pay a little bit of attention to that, that can already be enough for you to make your character distinct from you. And that's really all you want with, with voices and accents, right? You want to make your character a little bit distinct from you so you can play them, so you can uh, get into the mindset of them and that's really all you need a little few maybe if get a get a freaking catchphrase yeah really one of the one other advice really is when i make a character i think of a catchphrase for that character i use one from movies or video games and just say yeah that's my catchphrase and that alone can work really well if i put that into game i love that yeah it doesn't have to be accents doesn't have to be some elaborate voice catchphrases different uh linguistic preferences and choices and things like that for sure for sure how about uh how about you cassandra so i don't do uh that much of voices definitely not to the level duval and shannon are into them i do a little bit i think i i don't know if it qualifies as doing voices already i might as well um but i do change the tone of how i speak um to match it to the character um and I think about the general demeanor. Is it more commanding? Is it more subdued? Uh, is it more confident? Uh, is it more easygoing? Uh, and the way I prepare for it, I, I don't actually speak out loud. I imagine scenes that the character could be in my head and I imagine the dialogue spoken. And then I uh, start trying to just replicate that as I start role-playing and that's the most natural way for me to um, get the feel for that character. Uh, because I find that maybe it's me, but when I try to practice, I just lose it anyway. Mm -hmm. But if I just sort of go through the scenes and then actual scenes happen and I replicate what I imagined earlier in the actual scenes, um, it helps me, uh, but then I don't do very distinct voices. I do uh, smaller changes to the manner of speaking and tone. Yeah, that hey, that's fair. I I sometimes I feel ambitious and I try to do like impressive accents, and it starts off with like an Australian accent, and by the end of the end of the monologue, it's like been three different accents. It's like Irish oh, yeah. and a little I, bit of British, and then back to Australian. I know? can't do any accents <laughs> and. Emil, you said you can do them in your native tongue. I can't do them in my native tongue either. I just can't. So, so I don't. I mean, mine are very, very bad. So. <laughs> awesome, and Shelby, I haven't uh, haven't passed this over to you yet. You must uh, use voices and things when you're doing your 
your role play in your home game, but also in your streamed game. Why don't you tell us um, about that? Yeah, so with Warlock, um, we are coming at it from a voice acting approach. So every character, you know, has their individual voice, which is so fueled by their personality and has given me kind of like a new approach to you don't just have to do accents you can be like the speed at which you speak it can be the level it can be if you talk like um you know if you like elongate your vowels things like this um you know it can really be any of those those ways to differentiate and a lot of times if you start with that you might feel more confident um, attempting a bigger change later that's great advice absolutely absolutely great advice um, I'm looking at the clock and I think we might have time for one more question rapid rapid fire um, so let's let's dive into one I'm gonna try to find one that's not too this one should be pretty easy uh, or easy <laughs> maybe not anyway inspiration where is, do you guys go to get inspiration for uh where do you guys go for inspiration for the show and and before i pass on the question off to everybody else shelby had to leave so bye shelby hope you feel better mm-hmm. you were awesome your advice was great mm-hmm. and uh and yeah so inspiration mm-hmm. for your role play for your characters for your voices you name it uh cassandra kick us off what's your number one inspiration right so i've been dreading that question a bit because it's a topic i think about a lot recently trying to establish how i get inspired because i think specifically i don't have like one or two or like distinct sources of things that i know inspires me i think my mind uh absorbs various things i come across and uh some of them just stick and can be an inspiration and this can be something like um when i'm traveling well i wasn't traveling in ages but when i used to travel uh i would see a nice landscape (laughs) and then i was like oh that's a nice landscape for rpg and then it goes to oh what could happen there and that starts just creating uh like either what goes on in this place or a character who's from them um I to give more specific things, I think I tend to draw a lot from uh history and sort of real world events. Um and it is it can be very tiny details of some relationship between two people somewhere in history that will spark an idea that will become something completely different. Um but that's kind of how it goes. Uh Music can sometimes inspire me okay, as well. Okay, that's, that's uh, fair. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, Running that's out of great. time. Yeah. No, no, not, not at all. Um, <laughs> I've just been thinking about it a lot recently. Uh, why so, don't... So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it's good. It's Sometimes you just feel inspired by things that you don't even know. And you're like, why did I do this? And it's so hard to pinpoint it. Uh, I can I can feel that. Uh, Shannon, how about you? What's been something that's been very inspirational Music to you lately? Music for sure. That was yeah, absolutely. I have Spotify playlists for my characters. Um, and like, I'll, for whatever reason, I'll just you know start um, 
just start listening to a song and it's just like, oh my God, this makes me think this, oh, this would be really cool for if, or this, you know, this song makes me think of this part in my character's story, you know, and it's that, so yeah, definitely big, big fan of the music landscapes as well. Um, I went uh, this past summer, I went to, uh, Moab, Utah for baby moon and we like just walking around the national parks and seeing just the landscapes was just like, oh my God, I want a character that looks, that, that lives here or they have a vision in this, this place. And it's just ugh, amazing. But my biggest inspiration comes from other characters, from TV, movies, books. I'm a big fantasy consumer. Surprise, surprise. Um, so I love like Harry Potter series and the um, and Game of Thrones and you know all the high fantasy stuff. I really draw a lot of inspiration from uh, like pre-established characters. Um, so I want to you know I, I don't want to copy that exactly, but I like taking you know being inspired by it and taking it and making it my own. Most recently, watching Arcane. I don't know if anybody has seen Arcane on Netflix. Oh my god. So good. Just the... A lot of... There's a lot of parallels between some of the stories there and Scarlet's story. And it was just like, oh, I love it so much. So, that's my that's my biggest thing. That's cool. Yeah, it's always nice to... Like, there's no shame in being like, I like that character... What is that character with my exactly. skin on it? Boom, yeah. that's a new character. There's no shame in it whatsoever. Uh, how about you, uh, Jacob? What's, so uh, I think before I answer, because Harry Potter mentioned was mentioned, I, I'm going to think I'm going to use our one up. I'm going to say fuck turfs. Uh, so first you. and foremost, yes. um, <laughs> no worries. Got got us taken care of. Um, so uh, I I f I take I f I feel like there's a, and I mentioned this in chat earlier about like it's. Totally okay to steal. Um, the thing behind me right now is uh, Chrono Trigger, the greatest video game of all time. I have a homebrew world based off of it. Um, and it continues... To, so a game that was made in 1995 continues to just define a lot of the choices that I make about the world that I'm building. Uh, and that's okay. Um, there's a lot of Florida stuff in it because I live in Florida. I, I'm born and raised. So as you can imagine, it's pretty wacky. Um, and so just... You know, I'll, I've said this a lot. Like, just give yourself permission to do like the 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 thing, really. Um, but yeah, that was really the only point I wanted to make was fuck this. <laughs> and... <laughs> you know what? For sure, go for it. Take whoever you want. Take the characters. Get inspiration from where you need to. Yeah. It, like it's it's a game you're playing with your friends in your basement or whatever. You know the. You're not going to get any copyright lawyers coming after you for that. Actually, I'm I'm glad you specifically said that. Actually, because I I that reminded me of the fact that like I literally created a a, a story based off of my favorite uh, book series, which was Redwall, and mm. and initially I was like, oh god, like I don't even know like if I can like do the thing, but like it, it didn't end up mattering at all. Uh, and I think there's also like because of the fact that like this is a uh, like a 25, 26 book series that is like very well regarded that and when I started was like, I, I was like afraid to like touch it, right? I was like, I love this thing. I don't want to touch it. I don't like, I don't want to mess with it. But the reality is, is like, this is a collaborative world that we're all building together. And like, no one gets to tell us that we're doing something wrong 
Um, so if you feel uncomfortable creating something brand new, home homebrew, like just steal. It's totally cool. And do it shamelessly. Oh my god, yes! No one cares. <laughs> I, I mean, like as Shannon said, arcade, right? Four hundred pages of the world of League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> this is a campaign setting. I am going Perfect. to run for my friends. Yeah, nice. Full bookie right here. Love it. And I'm gonna see so shamelessly from this. And I don't care. That's great. You were waiting. You had that back there in anticipation. You were really waiting, question. yeah. <laughs> I mean I have so much stuff here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Alright, well another character. You know what? I'm gonna do another rapid fire and we're gonna just like go down the line and you guys cool. have like thirty seconds to answer. Got it. Do you guys believe that roleplay should result in some kind of mechanical benefit to the person roleplaying? Uh, Jacob, go first. Nah, <laughs> next. Okay, Emil. Not really, no. Okay, Shannon. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's mandatory, but like, it's nice if it happens. No. But yeah, it's. I don't think it should be like you roleplay good, you get you get reward. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Alexandra, I don't like this sort of assessing. Is it good enough? Is it not good enough? Mm. It feels a bit like an exam. Right. No. Exactly. <laughs> That's a okay. Great okay. Way to I, I was that. expecting yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the thing about that is, right? You're not necessarily rewarding your yeah. one player. You're yeah, punishing exactly. the other yeah, players that exactly. do not get to speak exactly. that well. And that's the problem. I never want to punish my players mm -hmm. when playing because that's the yeah. way I lose them. They will mm -hmm. not come back if they feel like they're not they appreciated enough. Them, et cetera. Yeah. And that's the way that happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very well said. I, I kind of was expecting at least one of you to be the <laughs> other side of that. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, I really like that rapid-fire okay, question. Yeah, I think awesome. we're going to challenge ourselves and do, do one it. more. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. One let's more rapid-fire yeah. question. I love that. I don't even know if we're going to... This is going to be tricky. All right, so game masters <laughs> and players have different roles and responsibilities when they're playing this game, right? You're behind a screen, playing NPCs, yada, yada. Um, does the same asymmetric relationship exist if we consider roleplay? Do game masters and players have a different role as it relates to roleplay? And uh, really rapid fire, Cassandra, yes, yes or no? Uh, I think GMs would create opportunities for roleplay to grow in. Uh, that's it. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, all right. How about you, Jacob? You're nodding. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and I to add to it, it's... It, it would be the the question would be yes if the GM wasn't also like the world. We're not not just NPCs, the world and how it changes whether by the player's choices or not. Because one of the, the big things I'll be super quick um, is that that is really big in my games that I'm I find really important is that regardless of what you do, the world is turning and other people are making decisions too. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Okay, Shannon, yes or no? Is it the same asymmetric yes, relationship? Yes, just purely on a surface level, a player is one person. Okay. DM, GM is multiple plus the world. Okay, okay. And email, did I ask you yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, the game master just sits basically at the longer level. They they have more pulling force than a single player, which they shouldn't abuse, obviously. But they do have that more power okay. yeah. in that relationship. Uh, yeah, I have yeah. one more awesome, thing great. to Awesome, well, great. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. That, like, okay, uh, be I real think, as quick uh, as you can. It is very difficult, even if you have very invested players, to have very nice role play if GM is not on board and they're not, not interested in that aspect of the game. Sure. Right. You're a player exactly. too. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, so this brings us to the end of the stream. We're all done Already? talking about roleplay, even though I feel like we could talk <laughs> yes. about roleplay so fast forevermore. Yeah, yeah. So like six, I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> two more hours. Pump that goal to five hundred. Let's keep Yo, going. Let's o- go. <laughs> <laughs> it's only what like two a.m. for email and Cassandra. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, mean, I don't have to go. <laughs> I have to go at three. <laughs> Well, I mean, even though Emil claims to never sleep, I think I think he must still do it a little bit. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't go to sleep. <laughs> either way, either way. I have to catch a train. Right, the after the show. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, let's let's do a little bit of wrap up. I first wanted to thank the audience for their donations. Thank you for donating to the National Network of Abortion Funds. It, this wouldn't have happened without you. So really appreciate you guys and girls and everybody out there who donated tonight thank you to the panel you guys are awesome your insights were amazing i wish we could talk forever more why don't we all go around the table and quickly let the audience know where you can be found where your shows and content can be can be rated and viewed and given five stars and subscribed to and patrons and all that uh jacob start us off uh actually i will i'll start off by saying don't forget to follow shelby uh, because Mm, yes because she was awesome. Um, and uh, But yeah, as far as me, um, Jacob Flick, Duval King Jacob on the internet's uh, co-founder of The Amphitheater, uh, which you can find on Twitter and Twitch. Duval Dragons is my home away from home. Um, that is episode 40. will be coming this Sunday, twitch.tv forward slash so many games. Um, actually, in four minutes, you can find me on Karen <laughs> Comfort Studios. Uh, don't worry. We don't, it's, it's, it's pre-recorded, so don't feel like you're like, oh my god! Uh, but you we can see hurry. past me, right, you can see past me uh, playing uh, Buffkin, uh, from Fables and Wolf Among Us uh, and Fables Once the Future. Um, it's a really good episode um, that's premiering in four minutes. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I do. Um, and uh, so thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. Shannon, why don't you... Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Shannon. My nerd home is Paradise Productions, Paradise Pro on uh, socials, P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E, because it's pun. We thought it was funny, and we stuck with it. Uh, you can find me, sroby 25 on all socials. Um, I, too, have another stream this evening. I will be playing <laughs> over on Roll for Damage at 9 p.m. Eastern, um, if anybody wants to come enjoy some D&D fun. Um, but usually I, you can find me on Paradise Sundays. We do the Sean and Shannon Power Hour where we discuss our Monday night show, Advantage in Paradise, where I play Scarlet, this rogue who I will never stop talking about because I love her so much. Um, and yeah, we do, we do lots of fun stuff. We love, we love this community and we love, we we just love doing things like this. Oh, I'm our community manager too. I always forget to say that. Always, (laughs) always, always. But yeah, thank you, Matt and Nick for having, for having me and having this. I like, I could also, if I didn't have another stream, I could stay for another three hours and talk about this. (laughs) 
Awesome. Thank, thank you, Shadow. Uh, Xandra, why don't you let Hi, I'm Xandra. I hang out mostly on Twitter uh, at Xandra underscore BR. Um, I have uh, a show on Twitch that will be coming back in September. Uh, it's on the Lamias channel. It's like Lamia the mythical creature with an S. Uh, and we're playing Vampire the Masquerade set in Warsaw just after the Second World War. So that will be coming up on our YouTube channel, which is called exactly the same. There is a summary of everything that happened so far, if any of you is interested in that. And I also have a game, Wise Women, about witches in a remote Eastern European village using plant magic uh, to help their community while also tr having to hide the fact that they do use magic. And it's based on Eastern European folklore. Magic is based off actual beliefs about properties of plants. Uh, and that's uh, on each and on drive-through. And I should be adding some more community copies soon as well, uh, if you need those. So thank you so much. This was a very, very awesome. fun uh, panel to be on. I also could talk for much, much longer if it wasn't getting a bit late where I am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thank you, Cassandra, and thanks for staying up. Uh, Emil, how about yourself? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Emil. I'm um, now I'm already saying my name wrong. <laughs> Emil, oh, sorry. The real, the real pronunciation. <laughs> no, no, don't don't worry about it. Um, you can find me at double dm pod or at double dm basically everywhere on the internet uh, it's a podcast it's a talk show where me and my co-host uh, talk about all things ttrpg be it roleplay be it mechanics be it any kind of meta topic like how to promote your ttrpg products better because that's a lot of things a lot of things a lot of people struggle with um, how to make combats more dramatic and all of that type of stuff um, we're also having an actual play in production called Titan's Call, where it's about my players having to survive the apocalypse brought upon by kaijus from Pacific Rim or uh, Godzilla or something. Um, yeah, that's coming out whenever we're finished with that. I don't know when that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically uh, everything about me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for being here. And then, yes, Shelby had to uh, leave a little early, but I don't want to avoid, not avoid, I don't want to prevent her from promoting herself. So Shelby can be found on the Warlock D&D &D show. It's an audio drama you can go find that on Twitter. That's at Warlock D and D, or you can go follow Shelby and all of her all of her interesting things that she has to say on Twitter. That's Shellfire S E S H E L F Y R E at Twitter. And yeah, so thank you everybody. I'm Matt. You can find me at Roll underscore Play underscore Chat. I host Role Play Chat, which is a deep dive discussion podcast. I'm joined by a new guest every episode, and we just figure out stuff about what it is we're talking about we pick a topic traps role play you name it and we just have at it we talk for forever kind of like we did tonight and it's so much fun so thank you to everybody and uh nick why don't i pass the microphone over to you yeah <clears throat> uh hello and uh i am gonna go ahead and bring us over to uh my other view so uh panelists if you want to wave wave farewell to everyone um, cause this is the last they'll see your beautiful faces until whatever stream they see you on next. So, um, thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, here we go. Let me hop over here. 
Um, all right. So um, first off, everyone, we've raised $310, um, which is incredible. So thank you to everyone in chat. Thank you to our panelists. Thank you to Matt for moderating. Um, we are just over eight o'clock, so I'm going to keep this very, um, very short. I'm just really grateful to everyone, as always, um, who participated and helped make this such a, a, an incredible stream. Um, you all mean the world to me, uh, and I'm so excited to be back streaming again. Um, Thank you for helping to support the National Network of Abortion Funds. As Matt mentioned earlier, I know it sounds a little silly and lighthearted, but they are going to be doing a challenge called Tacos and Bevs, Tacos and Bevs 2022. And all you have to do to participate is eat a taco or drink a, a beverage and take a selfie or video of yourself. Donate to an abortion fund. It could be ours. It could be your local. Um, and then post a selfie with a message about why um, why you made that donation and encourage or challenge and tag your friends to do the same. So um, you can use the hashtag T-O-B-C-2-2. Um, and I'll post all of this on our social media um, following the stream. So um, and uh, yeah, with that, I am going to go ahead and find a friend of ours to raid. Um, panelists, am I forgetting anything? Um, I know they can't hear you, but I can. Seems like I got everything. Okay. Thank you uh, again, folks, so much for everything. Um, we love you. You are the best. Good night. I was waiting. We're not on screen. <laughs> <laughs> we did that already. You all are the best. You're the best. <laughs> um, no regrets. No regrets. No All right, let me go ahead and raid Jordan. There we go. Whew, we did it, Matt. Oh, Yay! Matt, you're muted, I think. Matt, are you muted? I mean, is he muted to me or to you guys? Yeah, he's muted. Yeah, you're okay. muted. I'm muted. Nick, we forgot <laughs> to thank you. I feel so bad. No, uh, you don't have to thank me. No, yeah, no. this is your stream, man. <laughs> it's, it's implied. <laughs>